0: I vividly remember the time of it, it was 2012, December, and it was just after my brother's daughter's marriage, a joyful day, and um, we had done all the formalities, his auntie, uncle, and I came home and I cried, I cried myself to sleep because my father had passed away by then, my sister had passed away by then, my mother was near dead. She was um, had dementia, Alzheimer's. My brother was very ill and he died two months later. And I cried and cried and cried, feeling totally alone. And that night, Swami came in my dream. And we know when it's a dream, it's actually Darsha from Swami. And so He came in my dream. And there's no setting in the dream. It was just Swami. And when He came in, I was in awe. And he looked at me and asked, what do you want? So I just said, Pada And he walked away. He denied me And I remember walking behind him. And uh, the setting changed and I do martial arts. And in that martial art, we do sticks. Akira, we use sticks. And here I was with my sticks. And as soon as I my stick in the dream to my husband and Swami said, No, you fight. And then the dream carries on and I was walking behind Swami and he turned to me and he said, Take Brother Namaskar. And I was crying and as I was touching his feet in the dream, he bent down and opened my eyes let my tears wash his feet. And then, we carried on in, in the tree quite a long dream. And I was walking behind him, and Swami turned and said, what, now? Nah. I said, nothing, just... So he walked on, and then he turned and said, you want scholarship? I was thinking well, funding, maybe research. Ah, uh-huh. okay, Swami. So. And he started writing and tearing writing and tearing, writing and tearing. And that was the dream. The significance of the dream I relive because new meaning comes to me each time. And I'll fill that in through the next few minutes about my experiences. So, because I've never had a direct conversation with Swami, what do I have? It's what Anand Jagannath talks about. It's my internal conversation. Calling Swami all the time. So when I was preparing for today, I asked Swami, So sorry. And so I asked Swami, What is it that I should talk about today? In, f- in terms of faith, what is it that is meaningful? And this is what I got. He said, I need everyone to unleash me in them. And I said, Ah, oh, all right. Then I said, For Because in my mind, image. Of superheroes came in mind, so he wants us all to be superheroes. And of course, you know, you know, about Iron Man, you press a button, he gets his whole garment out, and we've just got the end game where every, all the superheroes press a button, and they've got this big armor, and they're going and saving the world. I said, ah. Then I said to Swami, but there's one problem: our buttons sometimes get jammed. We don't turn into superheroes as much as we would want to. And Brother Anand Jagane had a nice thing today: we call in faith, but we don't. Actually, open up to receive in faith. And so then Swami suggested, I do this. So he says, move from lack of self, the small self faith, the lack of faith in your eye, and move into full faith of your higher self, with this, which is, I am God sounds good because what holds us back what gives us what makes us lacking in our ability is all the fear all the self-doubts can i do it am i good enough others can do it i cannot do it all of this that holds us back yeah and where is that coming from it's it's not outside of us it's inside it's our internal self-talk that's causing us to have lack of faith in ourselves so i thought that made a lot of sense that's not the truth of who we are, it's what maybe we have heard growing up that you are like this, you are like that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And we've started to adopt that and believe that that is our truth. It reminded me of what I used to then tell my children when they were young. I used to tell them fairy tales. And one of the fairy tales was the elf and the shoemaker. Have you heard of that? Where the, the shoemaker had many shoes. And he couldn't, he was so tired, he was not making enough money. And one point in time in his life, he woke up, he went to sleep every night and he woke up and he found shoes had been made. It was all done by the elves. So whenever my children were anxious about what they had to do, exams with this, too much homework with that, I can't do the presentation. I said, okay, just relax now. Go to bed. The Swami's pixies will do it at night. And so I used to tell them about the Swami's pixies, and they believed me, they slept, they got up, and they did whatever they did, and that's how we got on in life. And so when I thought about Swami's pixies, of course there are no pixies, but what's actually happening? It's it's we transfer the responsibility to a higher being, our higher self, and then we relax. So we have faith in some higher being, and then the burden is shifted. And we're able to sail through that. So before the pixie, we all shrink and shrivel and with self-doubt and anger and fear. Why do they put so much work on me? Blaming because blame and is, is actually part of fear. Fear becomes anger, and then anger becomes blame because it's an attack to defend, offensive to be defensive. But as soon and it separates, it's them and me, not one. It's you or me. You're better. They're better. I'm not good. All of that is the lack of faith in yourself. But once you see the pixies can do it, (sighs) I don't have to blame anyone. Someone else will do it. My higher self will do it. And I relax. And then when I wake up and do it, I am one with my work. There is a pervading oneness because I don't have to go into the blame game and it gets done. So as I was telling these stories to my children, last year they had these fairy tales last year they had a chance to tell me my own fairy tale and that's when the equanimity came into my life and so what was the equanimity for me the equanimity was a life coaching lesson life coaching lesson between swami and i he was my coach and i just had to listen and do so all of you know that they want the history behind the equanimity and in august we knew that this, there was this potential, and I was asked as a shipping lawyer uh, to crack the code. It is unprecedented anywhere in the world. So let me put that up clear. Okay? Uh, a yacht of this, super yacht of this size, Seven Star, uh, purchased at 250 million US dollars, and being arrested for something so complex in, in law. That you are like tracing for breach of trust and fiduciary duties, cracking through several layers of fraudulent documents and companies. So it was tough, ordinarily, as well. But then there were other elements to it. So, first was will this yacht even come into Malaysian waters for us to do it? And here we were praying. It's a new government, so let's rewind. The country is euphoric. We've got a new government, new energy, we're bringing integrity back into the system and here I was ready but we didn't know whether the vessel would come and so it was Swami, you've got to make the vessel come in faith. Swami, you've got to make this vessel. Why not? Just because we want to recover the money, of course we do want to recover stolen money of the people but we want to put back integrity into our value system. Swami, you've got to do it. Why just as we, we cried and change changed government and then I cried, and you also made my partner AG. Can you bring the vessel into the country? And uh, and the vessel came. And it, mind you, it needed the cooperation of three governments. You need an Indonesian government, US government, Malaysian government to work. And finally, she came in. What a beauty she was when she came in. But before that, I had to go in to do an arrest. I've done many arrests of ships, another arrest. I got the warrant come up. And as I walked into the busted cruise, st- uh, cruise terminal, I found a room was prepared, a VIP room was prepared. We never had a VIP room prepared for an arrest. So arrest and who was in that room? It was the, just about the heads of all all of the governments, the uh, departments. You have the immigration, the police, the marine police, marine uh, uh, department, customs, you name it, enemy enforcement agencies, Navy, all over that. top. Our current IGP, Dato Hamid Badur, he was in charge of an agenda of a man. And so, he looked at me and said, Madam us." And so here I was thinking, I was not prepared for this. Can I do this? Normally other people do that. I don't do this. Who am I to do this? And so, who? Swami! So, called Swami and somehow briefed everything. And we went and we arrested the ship. That's a the thing. from all sorts of international cha- channels and I think some of you all saw that. When I looked at it, I was like, are you waiting for someone else? Because I had self-doubts. Can I do this? Can I do this? And I don't know. I didn't prepare to say anything. And so as the mics went on, the lights went on. Swami! And I said whatever. I, I said I don't even remember what I said. And so what was that? That was Swami's coaching me about self-confidence. Okay, so I had that done. Okay, I can do it. And then I realised that was just the beginning. It then sort of dawned on us the magnitude of the problem that we had on our plates. This is a super yacht, right? So, they're only above And we we wanted to recover more than 100 million US dollars. She was finally market valued at 130 million dollars. A billion ringgit. There are only 50 people, people, 50 people in the world that have got that kind of capacity to buy it. And there had ever been in history only 20 transactions over hundred million for second hand. And then, okay, those were the facts on the ground. And then I had the legal daunting task of doing something that's unprecedented. So we were dealing with international managers of yards, international appraisers, international goals, all at international levels. And even in the international scene, this had not been done. So, and they're looking to me as lead counsel and I'm looking at it and I said, okay, this is where all my training with SAI comes into force. I don't know where else to go for, let's start with building blocks, the foundational building blocks and then Swami. And that's when Swami taught me, I can because I am that. That. Jagannath said that, Asi. I am that. And then the that assumes so many different interpretations over a period of time. And so, that was Swami's lesson to me of my omniscience. That when I need to know, I call him and I will know. Doesn't matter that it's, I can't google it, doesn't matter that it's not in any book. doesn't matter. Why? I am that omniscience. That was my fifth lesson. And then of course the mountain course went on. I said, Swami had other plans because he has not finished with his coaching, by the way. So we didn't send her by December. The hardest lessons were yet to come. So he had taught me omniscience, alright? So I was confident I can just call it, and I have to connect to I can because I am the oneness of that, and then I will download. Then the next stage was the far more difficult stage which is I had to travel to Hong Kong, I had to travel to UK I had to basically dispel all the fears of the market out there that this was not a market sale They were trying, of course, they were concerted effort to push the price down They wanted a steal, they wanted a bargain This Malaysia, such a mess of a country, we'll get it for a steal That's what they thought and so there was a in London, five feet tall, actually not even five feet tall, and they thought that people they can just push me aside and steal the boat, right? But despite them, despite despite them, every time there was allegation, yours is a derelict vessel, yours has got no Release my Durga, and come off. And, uh, and I was in total bliss, and just so f- blissed out, total joy, total yeah. And check my phone, and there's something wrong because we were having problems. Uh, maintenance people, repairers, services—we had to fly people down, fly parts down because just a seven-star. You know, They were giving problems. They had black ball, the, the, the vessel—they were not giving us on time. Phone. That problem, that problem had, which had really uh, uh, you know, inundated us for five, 3 months, 4 months, the engineer had troubleshoot, the whole problem was no issue, done, gone, it's like the kidney stone. Nice recovery on the 1 MDB scheme. Thank you. And so that was the lesson of I can because I am. And it comes from faith. It's only when you have faith. I can keep it I can, I can because I am. But nothing will happen. But with faith that I can, because I am, you get a connection. And then the master is in you. You are the master. If I God. Why do I lack self-faith when I have full faith that I am God? But it didn't happen overnight. What prepared me for last year was the sadhana all along for many, many years. And what really helped me was my parent care. For 15 years I had oh the 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 blessing, the, the privilege of being one of the first. A lot to be trained in parent care and we've been facilitating parent care and what that gave me was insight into the bliss and the oneness that comes out of the bliss and you know the what i can because i am i'm talking about that happens when we are in our bliss and connected to everything as one and so it was the koshas that were introduced in parent care me to myself, to my operating system, that I have a body, that I have energy, my body you can see it, my energy which is my emotion, my mind which has my anxiety or my vision, my intellect to know right from wrong and bliss of course my joy and half the time we are everywhere else but in bliss we are either, you know, grumbling about someone who is irresponsible or indisciplined, how can they do it, angry, or we are anxious in our mind, or we are confused in our intellect, and why are we surprised that we are not in bliss then? We are everywhere else but in bliss. So what Parent Care did was to teach me, look, there's another way of dealing with your operating system, and that is introduce human values to it. So at the body level, you can optimize it by right conduct, at the energy level, love, at the mind level, peace, at the intellect, truth, and at your bliss level, non-violation, and then when you transform inside, it transmits externally, and you manifest it. And then it also dawned on me, half the time, we are not at bliss, because we are stuck at blaming and right conduct. We're so into, why are they still behaving that way? After so many years of 14 cycles, They're still they still don't know that ten language of form. right conduct, right conduct, right conduct, that we lose the fact that there are five values, right conduct is one. It's love, truth, peace, truth, non-violence And so that was one of the reasons the, the parent care unit, so to speak, realized that you know we needed to do that more. But what was the other preparatory thing that led to last year? My coaching with Swami, was the Mahina session that we did in Ipo Mahina Saipan last year, where they introduced the five Ds. And so, what we as a team, tried to do was to identify another pathway to get to bliss and the oneness. Find a shortcut to get to bliss and oneness. And so what we did, because of time, I'm just going to run, run through this quickly, is since we are so caught up with right conduct, can we find another way to get right conduct? Of course, right conduct is important, but can we find another way to achieve that? And so what we did was say, look, let's use devotion as the tool. When you have devotion, you're unleashing love. When you love, you sing your bhajans, you chant, you pray, you meditate, whatever it is that's infused with love, love would love take you straight to bliss. You can't help it. It's a natural and in that state you find that my god, this is worth it I want to be here forever this is my purpose to find that unity my atma for that instance is really that we're angry, we shout it, it's done. And then we hurt, we hurt from our own anger. And that's the prime example, illustration that that we are one. That as soon as we're angry with someone else, it hurts us. And when that becomes clearer and clearer, with the determination of understanding that truth, we realize, actually, peace can only come if I am dedicated in that practice of that unity. And then from peace and the clarity of that peace, right. Automatically comes. So that was what we learned, and we shared at Mahila last year. And the last bit of the puzzle just fitted in as I was preparing this. For each of this, you need to have faith. You must have faith that that love is potent. Have, and then you go into that love. You know why am I trying? If I have no faith in my love, I there's goodness in it, there's value to it, I have faith. So it may be blind faith, but eventually you'll feel it, you will experience it, and then it will go into bliss. And it's the faith of that love will take you to bliss. The faith that that bliss is that unity, that will take you to the truth. And at each level, the faith that that truth is the real truth, when you experience it, will take you to peace. Coaching is that the power of faith is immense. It unleashes the Swami in us. It I mean, it changes a human to divine. I mean, you've heard that, yeah. And it makes us. If I say I can because I am that, then I become omnipotent. All my tasks, tasks nothing is impossible. I become omniscient. Everything I need to know, I will. I will know when I need to know don't need to know it yesterday but if I need it now, I will have it and I become omnipresent I can heal if there is a murder if there is terror in Sri Lanka or New Zealand or a disaster I can heal by my omnipresence because I can because I am Jai Saira.